um, turn to your neighbor, just tell them that you love them and you're happy to see them here tonight. Let them know that. And, and if you know why you love them, go ahead and tell them. I hope you have a reason. You know? Let them know you love them and good to be in the house of the Lord together. Amen. No, no greeting with the holy kiss here. It's just, we don't want to go that far. That was the one the youth always wanted me to say. Greet your neighbor with the holy kiss. No, just, no, we'll bump elbows or something, you know. Don't, none of that holy kiss stuff. <laughs> I got a track practice today. About 5 o'clock and my phone was blown up with text messages and missed phone calls. And they were trying to get a hold of me. Fill in tonight for pastor. So I, I quickly ran home and... and changed and showered and uh, just jotted some notes down. So I want to just share with you a little bit tonight. I, I think the last time I shared with you just a month ago, month and a half ago maybe, um, well, remember we talked about the Jesus way and picking up your cross and following Jesus. Remember we talked about that. And, and what I said that night is, is still true. You know, I, I started uh, probably at the end of last year um, getting into this year. I started writing down notes and stuff for about 10 or 11 different sermons. And didn't finish many of them, but I'm still kind of jotting and working on them. But the theme just kept coming across me. This is just the very simplistic, foundational things of the kingdom of God. And there's a couple of them that may kind of head into the deep end a little bit. Most of them were very just simple things. But, you know, the simple things of the kingdom of God are the most profound things of the kingdom of God. They are the foundational things of which all things come from. So that night we talked about simply picking up your cross and following Jesus and what that meant. And I I think tonight it's going to be another thing that we would consider uh, simplistic in nature, but, you know, I think very profound. But um, let me just read this. I saw this actually this morning. Um, some of you are familiar with Mark Sharona, and I saw this uh, quote from him, and it kind of maybe lead into this idea of what I want to talk about tonight. He said this, all too often, within popular Pentecostal and charismatic communities, the emphasis on the pre- predictive element of the prophetic overshadows and obscures the importance of the incarnational daily lifestyle of walking in and by the Spirit as we prefer sensationalism to consistency. That's true. And there's nothing wrong with seeking the miraculous and and what we would say living by the Spirit in that element, in that way. But if that's all we're looking for, we go away from the simplistic elements that all of the kingdom of God is founded upon, including those kind of things. The daily incarnational living by the Spirit, that as we had first met Jesus, and however that happened, and and you you gave your life to him, he begins this this living out of the new creation. He's he's working you. He's working you over in time, and in process and progress. Those Daily things that he is asking of us as he is changing us are the things from which all the other stuff grows. But if we get away from 
remembering, focusing, and growing in those things, eventually all the other stuff we're seeking either gets way out of whack or we don't have it anyhow. We often uh, have a tendency to turn inwardly with everything that we see in Scripture as, as it would just benefit me alone, you know, very self-centered, in other words. And we often, in charismatic and Pentecostal circles, just want to see the sensational, and that's pretty much all we're looking for. But we got to remember the everyday foundational principles of the Christian life is what makes this whole thing go. Amen. So we're going to talk about one of those things tonight. As a matter of fact, I think this is the thing once you have confessed Jesus as your Savior. Uh, Matthew 22, 34 through 40. We thought we were going to Revelation tonight, but we're going back somewhere else. We'll get back to Revelation next week. Matthew 22, verse number 34. But when the Pharisees had heard, he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Then he says something that, that's very profound. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now we know in Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, I, I have not come to abolish the law, but I have come to fulfill the law and the prophets. So he is the fulfillment of those things. And in this question, he kind of compacts the whole thing together and gives it in two great commandments. To put it this way, love God with everything you have. Then what comes is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. So immediately when you start to learn to love God and you grow in that love, he immediately says, now turn everything outward. Don't get self-centered in this whole thing. In, in your relationship with God, right relationship with God, right relationship that is growing with God will teach us how to have right relations with other people. And all of the law that you can find in Scripture, all the things that the prophets said and talked about, even the things that, that you may consider future things that haven't happened yet, all of it hangs on those two things. I would say that's rather foundational. I would, I would say that if we're not focusing on those two things, everything else gets out of whack or simply just will not be foundational things. Right relationship with God allows you to have right relationships with other people. Growing in your relationship with God allows you to grow properly in your relationship to other people. Uh, I, I helped do a wedding this past Sunday. I said in that wedding, if you guys want to make this thing, grow in your relationship with God together, then you'll learn how to be married properly together. Because right relationship with God, right relationship with each other. Amen? I'll tell you a story. 
Um, I think I've shared some of this before. Maybe some of you have heard this before. Uh, but let me just talk a little bit about this loving other people. Um, when I was 11 years old, 11 or 12 years old, I don't remember anymore. I was trying to think. Not long ago. I was actually doing a leadership thing not long ago, and I told the story. I was 11 or 12 years old, and I remember I came home from school, and my dad said, hey, I need to talk to you, and he, he sat me down. And my dad just didn't generally do that stuff, so I thought, what is going on? You know, my dad, you know, he wasn't the sit down, let's have a talk kind of guy, you know. Sat me down, let's have a talk. He said, I need to let you know something. I said, what's that? He said, tomorrow, there's a young man coming to live with us. His name's Randy. Um, Randy is mentally handicapped. We're going to take him in for a while. That's the first thing I need you to know. Second thing you need to know is you just got a roommate. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? You know, my head is spinning. I'm like 11 or 12 years old. Randy's 16, by the way. I walk back to my bedroom, and there's another bed in my room. And I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how to deal with this whole thing. You know what I'm saying? Next day comes, Randy shows up. I don't like the guy. The moment he walks in my house. Five minutes later, my mom and dad or his mom and dad, he's calling them mom and dad. I'm not having any of that. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of a, it was a very odd and, and surreal situation going on. My parents had decided to start taking in children through a foster agency. So we had Randy in my room. Um, I, don't, I don't remember time spacing anymore. Wasn't too long after that, maybe within a few months, the next two show up. Names are Josette and Annabelle. Or I'm sorry, Annabeth. Josette and Annabeth. Josette was probably 13 or 14. Annabeth was 16, 15, 16. Um, pulled from their home. They had like three older brothers. All of them were in prison for drug trafficking. They removed Josette from the situation because that's where he's headed. They pulled Annabeth, his sister, who is deaf, by the way. They pulled her because her mom was selling her body as a prostitute to support her drinking habit. A few months later, three little girls show up at our doorstep. Two in diapers, one's old enough to be out of diapers, middle one's deaf. They brought all their belongings in a black trash bag. Everything they had was in a black trash bag. My mom opened it up, trash bag went right to the trash. We need to start over with these girls. So after a few months, if you sat down at my dinner table, you had a young man who's mentally handicapped, a boy who was probably headed for prison, a prostitute, and three little girls that were put out of their home because their parents were doing drugs. Now at the time, as, as 11, 12-year-old, I'm not, I'm not understanding. I'm not happy about this because they actually put Josette in my room. 